Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days and some lonely nights. But when I when I look around and I think things over. All of my good days outweigh my bad days. Ah, I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly. The road. I asked the question, Lord, Lord, why so much pain? But He knows what's best for me. songwriter says that I won't complain. You just heard from Reverend Paul Jones. God bless you. God bless you. We thank you so much for tuning in to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. We have none other than the man of wisdom himself. We thank God for this anointed vessel that he is using week after week to rightly divide the word of truth. The Bible says that in all things seek understanding, and truly God has given him a wisdom gift that he can rightly divide that word and tell us what thus say the Lord of hosts. It's none other than Apostle Alexander Lockamy. God bless you, Apostle. Are you there? I am. Good evening. Good evening to you. Good evening to you. You are listening now to the burning bush. Yes, I get excited when I say that burning bush. You know, that's where God showed up those miracle signs and wonders that he gave a sign that he was right there with his disciple. You know, it's so very important as we talk to Apostle Lockamy tonight that we just have some questions we'd like to ask him to start off with before he go into our teaching. I would encourage you each week, we would like you to call your family, your friends, your neighbors, even your enemies, and call those pastors and leaders because they need to hear what thus said the man of God. 
Apostle, I wanted to ask you a question. I noticed one time that I was going into a church service, and when I got there, I noticed that the usher was at the door, and she frowned at me in such a way that she looked me up and down like, I guess, why was I there going into the church? What do you feel about that, Apostle? Well, that that could be various reason why they act that way, but many times people got God, but they don't have the joy that comes with God. And that joy makes you smile. That joy put a a covenant, a positive covenant on your face. And a lot of people they're deep in God. They don't act like they want to be God, but God don't need nobody to be Him. God, God by Himself. So the Bible tells us that we should that we should we should smile. The Bible tells us that we should have a part the covenant on our faith because our covenant will tell people uh, uh, where we are. It, it, it gives us it gives us a way and let people see whether we're positive or whether we're negative. So many of the time when people like that, right, they don't even realize that they're acting that way. Wow, that is so very very deep. Please listen to this; it's very important. It will help you in your ministry. I also remember, Pastor, when I was uh, going through my ceremony to be a Dane as a reverend, that they had different pastors there. They invited different ones around the city. About 100 pastors came to this ordination service. And it was very difficult because the people sitting in the audience, I was looking at the leaders. They had frowns on their face. Some of them looked like something was stinking. Their face was balled up. And and it threw me off when they examined me and asked me the questions because sometimes I said it and they would turn and look and frown like, that's not the right answer. So I wanted to ask you, is a person expression in their face, is that important to a frown versus a smile? Yes, it is because your impression on your face tells people a whole lot of things, whether you mean it or not, you know. Uh, and so your 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 expression on your face is a face itself. You know, how you look at somebody talking. About, Did you give me the face? Well, well, your expression is a face, whether you know it or not. You may want to say you're happy, but your face says you're sad. You say you ain't mad, but your face says you're mad. You know what I'm saying? So your face has a, your face is an attitude in itself. <laughs> Good God Almighty! Woo! I be trying to talk, but when you say something, I can't say nothing but just be quiet. I don't even have any more questions. Oh, my God. But I do want to ask you, what is laughter? It is an extension of joy, a joy, a joy, a God-given joy. It is, it is a good feeling from something that has, that has happened and occurred in your life from circumstances and situations. Uh, it's, a, it's an action from a positive attitude from a positive situation, from a positive circumstance uh, that, that have happened. Wow. Good God Almighty. All I can go is, I'm going to turn it over to you now, Pop. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yes, we want to thank God, uh, especially for uh, you, Apostle, for allowing God to open up this door, not only to us, but to many others. We appreciate it. God get the glory for it for uh, because if it had not been for God using you, you know, God used people. Many people, you know, they don't want to do that, deal with people. They just want to deal with God. And they're trying to get somewhere by getting by people, but you can't get to God by running by people. But God said, I give you favor in the sight of God and man. So we thank God for getting you favor and you get us favor and many other favors 
the opportunity because without this favor God giving you, we would not be able to be ministered tonight to so many people that we have ministered. So we thank God for you, to God be the glory. We want to talk tonight about laughs, laughter, uh, laugh. And my subject would be if I had one, well, you will laugh again. You know you got a lot of people out there that think they're not going to laugh ever no more. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. You, you, your, your, your feelings have been hurt. Your your covenant is broken. Uh, wife walked out. Husband walked out. Your children ain't talked to you in weeks and months. They walked out the house and said they ain't going to never come back no more. And, and it hurt your feeling and it stole your joy and it, and it, and it, and it broke your covenant. And you ain't no, you don't want the last time you had a smile on your face. You're hurt, you're wounded, and you and, you, and laughter is the last thing on, on your mind. But the Bible said for us to laugh. The Bible said for us to laugh. It's in the scripture for us to laugh. God wants us to laugh. The Bible said he did have enough joy. Let him leap for joy. Uh, but see, the reason people are not laughing because they don't have no joy. A lot of Christians have allowed the circumstance in life to steal their joy. And because they have no joy, they have no laughter. You, I, ain't, I ain't never seen too many people that were laughing and and, 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 and and didn't have no joy. I don't mean they're laughing at something folly. I don't mean laughing because somebody fell and got hurt. But I mean laughter to that, that laughter that feel good laughter, that positive laughter, that laughter that makes you feel like a million dollars when you get through. God wants us to put laughter in our life. God the one created laughter. Well, why, why would he not want me to laugh when he was the one created laugh? You know, Solomon said in one of his verses of Scripture, he said he wanted to see what made a man happy on the sun. So he went out searching everything he knows to find out what makes a man happy. And then searching, he found out that laughter was one of the things that, that, that builds you up. Laughter is one of the things that, 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 that energizes you. It, it calls you, gives you strength, it gives you triumph. So I encourage everyone. And you mentioned earlier about the leaders. Yeah, we see a whole lot of leaders that, Walk around all deep like they Moses, like they want to create the burning bush, and they act like they that God called them to frown, but God God called them to be a dictator. God don't need no dictator. The best way to win a person to God is with a smile on your face, and and we walk around as though they they're walking in the commandment rather than in grace. We're on the grace now, and yet in the commandment they were so deep. I mean, it was so serious. The least little thing it did to kill you or took your life, you went in judgment for it. But the Bible said, by grace are we saved. And this grace came with a laughter. This grace came with joy. This grace came with excitement. I want to talk tonight out of the book of of, of, of Psalm 126 and 6. If you would turn with me there to Psalm 126 and 6. See, sometimes we don't laugh because of something that happened in the past. Past circumstance, past situation, past hurt. And it wounds us so bad that we need somebody to come back and encourage us to laugh. That's why we're in this thing. See, everybody ain't going to be laughing all at the same time. Some of us be laugh, why some laugh and some are wounded. The Bible tells us that let the strong bird the infirmity of the weak. So when you find somebody ain't laughing, you don't need to criticize them. You don't need to judge them. You don't need to talk about them. You, you, you don't want to make them feel bad. And why ain't you laughing? You ought to be laughing. Well, but the thing is, you don't know why they're hurting. You don't know what wounded them. You know how bad the wound is. So for that reason, you should be humble enough to ask God give you wisdom to say the right thing to make them laugh. Sometimes you don't always have to quote a scripture. Every time you meet somebody, call you a Christian. Somebody asks you, uh, how you doing? It's Jesus, 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 Jesus. 
How are you doing? Hallelujah, hallelujah. And then sometimes it pays to leave your religion at home and, and, and take out Jesus, take out grace. Sometimes you can talk to people without having to quote a scripture or read the Bible every time they ask you a question. So the children of Israel in the book of Psalms, the writer says this, that when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter, that our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord had done great things for them. The Lord had done great things, things, and we are glad. Bringing back our captivity, O oh Lord, and the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Those that sow in the fields, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. I come out and encourage you. You might be frowning now. You may be saying, like the children of Israel, you might be in captivity. That captivity may not be in prison. It may not be by some foreign nation that captured you and carried you over there and took your rights from you and made you obey them. There are many captivities. People are captivity by drugs and alcohol. Uh, uh, some people, people, there are many captivities that one can be in captivity of, and, and God is a deliverer. And they said they, they thought they will never laugh anymore. And they asked them to sing a song because the children of Israel could sing. You know, they could sing those spiritual songs that the Jews would sing. And they asked them, said, we heard y'all could sing, sing us a song. But they said, how shall we sing in a burned land? And that's what somebody's saying now. Apostle, I hear you tonight, but how am I going to laugh? How have my husband walked out on me? I'm going to laugh if my wife walked out on me. I'm going to laugh if my girlfriend, my boyfriend left me. I just lost my job. Doctor just gave me a bad report. Why I'm going to laugh? You can laugh because God's going to work things out. If you belong to God, God going to bring you out on the gaining side. I'm telling you to laugh at the devil. Let the devil know that you ain't fit to go down in this fight. You ain't going to let him win this battle. You got to let the devil know that God before you, who did give you against it? You got to laugh and let that devil know that God said he'll never forsake me, neither he never leave me. God is not a lying God. You got to let that devil know with a laugh that God said that every man be a liar and God be the truth. I come out and encourage you. I don't care how far down you've fallen to the bottom. I don't care what you done long. I don't care what your husband and wife walked out on you. I know that it hurt, but there ain't no reason for you to put no gun to your head. There ain't no reason for you to commit suicide. There ain't no reason for you to take your life, young boy, young girl. That girl walked out on you. That boy walked on you. But, hun, the world is full of girls, and the world is full of boys, husbands and wives. And God, when you lost that one, God is able to create you another. God is able to heal you because God put you here for a purpose. He don't want you to take your life because you lost. He don't want you to take your life because you hurt. He don't want you to take your life because you wounded. He wants you to laugh again. And God brought the children of Israel back to Zion, and they said that we got our song back. Then they said, how shall we laugh? Well, you can't laugh. You may not laugh at what you're going through, but you can laugh in the midst of your going through. So you got to go through anyway. So why not laugh? And I encourage you, especially leaders that are leading people, how you want them to laugh, how you expect them to laugh when you won't laugh yourself. You're sitting there all deep, like somebody done throw your joy, you ain't going to get it back the next year. You are the example of the flock. The flock is watching you. Many times members watch the leader, how he act, that's how they act. If the member passes all deep, all, 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 all full of judgment, all full of vendetta, ain't got no joy, Always quoting them damnable scriptures. Ain't got no good scriptures. A little girl asked her daddy one day, but she was her daddy was a preacher. 
And one day she asked her daddy at home, she said, Daddy, ain't God got no good scriptures in the Bible? Because all he preached was just mental scriptures. And the little girl, what kind of God it is, is always so mean. He's always judgmental. He's always judging you. Always talking about hell and damnation. How you going to die on your way to hell? You going to die on your way to hell? Next Sunday, you going to die on your way to hell? She wanted to know that there ain't no heaven scriptures in there. The Bible ain't just based on hell. The Bible based on heaven. It talks about heaven just as much as it talks about hell. The Bible ain't a book of judgment. The Bible is a book of instruction. The Bible is a book of direction. <laughs> the, the, the Bible is God's direction to us from earth to glory. And then the Bible is for the sinner just as well as it's for the saint. People think that the Bible is just for Christians. But no, the Bible is for the sinner too. Because when the Bible tells the sinner how to be saved, and it tells the saints how to live after they get saved. So the Bible works on both sides. It's for God wrote the word for everybody. So I encourage you tonight, if you're frowning, stop right now. Go look in the mirror. Look at yourself. See how you're frowning or whether you're smiling or you're laughing. You can laugh. It's an exceedingly spiritual joy. And that's why he said that's why one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. Because that joy is going to make you laugh. You're going to look back and laugh at what, laugh at it, knowing that God had brought you out, knowing that God done gave you the victory, knew that God done proved himself faithful. The children of Israel in bondage sometimes 60 and 70 years. It looked like all hope was gone. But they laughed. They came back and laughed. They laughed while they were going through. Every morning they got up with a laugh. They got up laughing. And the people didn't know why they're laughing. Why are these people laughing? These people didn't bonded. And that's what God wants want you to do. He wants you to get up in the morning. Don't get up complaining. Don't, don't get up talking this is another day, uh, another dollar, and all that. Get up with a positive attitude and say, this is the day that the Lord had made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody watching you. You on God's telescope. God got the angels in charge of you. And look at the angels, they're walking beside you. So you got to understand that everybody has an angel. And the angel is job is to respond to your conversation. And the angel been told by God, whatever you want, give you that. But the angel don't know what to do with, with when you get to talking like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Angels don't know what to do with that. That, that, that angel standing like, Lord, I went down there to help them out, but they said they didn't know what they want to do. I ain't not, I'm not going to handle that. God can't handle that. When you're talking about turning around and quitting and throwing in the towel, no matter had enough. If God don't come tomorrow, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna throw. And no, the angels ain't don't operate on those things. You got to know God is gonna come. I don't care how long it takes. God's gonna come. Think about the children of Israel, how they was in bondage for four hundred and some odd years, and they kept the faith. They didn't give up. They could have quit. That's a long time. You ain't even been going through but two or three days, and you about to give up. And here it is where they were in here 400 some years waiting on God, telling their children and their children, children. One generation tell another generation, God going to bring us out. God going to bring us out. I come out with a laugh tonight. I come out to help somebody laugh tonight. I come out to tell you that God's going to bring you out. I don't care how bad the sickness is. If it be found in God's will, he's going to bring you out. I understand that some sickness are under death. But the scripture said, if the sickness be not under death, then we can trust God to bring us out of it. But tonight, if your sickness be not under death, God is going to bring you out. That's why Job said, all the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait 
till my chain comes. So let us go through a few verses of scripture because those verses is more powerful than I have. The Bible said uh, uh, what we do going to pass, but the word of God ain't going to never pass. Let's go to Proverbs and see what Proverbs is talking about. Uh, Proverbs 17 and 22. Proverbs 17 and 22, if you have it in your Bible. Proverbs 17 and 22. Follow me. Get the word of God. A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drives up the bone. Now, see, Satan, what he's trying to say is, Satan wants you to stay sad. Yes, something happened that broke your spirit. Something happened that took your joy. But that's why God said, he that don't have no joy, don't lost your joy, leap for joy. While you leaping, God going to give your joy back. I didn't say he going to fix the situation. I didn't say he going to fix the circumstance. I didn't say he going to turn the thing around. Because see, right now you need joy to go through this thing. He said, leap for joy. And Satan will come to, he comes to break your spirit. And by breaking your spirit, he's going to steal your joy and take away your laughter. Instead of merry heart, that means you're happy. You're singing. You're rejoiceful. Sometimes we get up with a merry heart and won't even do anything. The Bible says he that is, he that, he that is sick, let him pray. He that, he that is afflicted, let him call on the elders of the church. He that is merry, let him sing. When you marry and you feel good, God wants you to sing. You ain't got to be no Whitney Houston. You, you sing how you sing. You sang the song God put in your heart to sing. And when you sang, it's like a medicine to your soul. It's like a medicine to your flesh. See, sometimes the reason we're many are sick, it ain't so much a physical sickness. The sickness starts in the soul. See, if your soul is sick, your flesh going to get sick. Hello? If your soul gets sick, your flesh going to get sick. So that's what Satan want to do. He want to wound your soul. So then when he wound your soul, he can wound your flesh. The Bible says everything first starts in the spirit. Bible says before it starts in the natural, it starts in the spirit. See, if you're trying to get a healing from the spirit, for a spirit, if you're trying to get a natural healing, it got to start in the spiritual realm. You, you, you got to start in the spirit. And once you can tap into the spirit and get your healing in the spirit, you're automatically going to get it in the flesh. And that's why folks ain't getting fleshly healed because they won't tap into the spirit. They won't let God do it. Your healing is in the spirit. Your deliverance is in the spirit. Your breakthrough is in the spirit. Your laughter is in the spirit. So I ain't going to say don't let it because sometimes Satan slips in on us and he breaks our heart. But the Bible said, but a broken spirit, like, like dried up, like dried, dried up bone. But a broken spirit dried the bone. Other words, it steals your joy. Amen. Let us go to another verse. Let's go to 15. And 15, Proverbs. Let's see what Proverbs 15 and 15 says. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he, he, but he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Listen, all the days of the afflicted, there ain't no joy in being afflicted, but if you can find joy, oh, my God, your heart will be merry. Folks wonder why you ain't complaining. They know you're sick. They heard you were sick. They heard you better to doctor. But every time they see you, you got a smile on your face. Oh, they in wonder you because how is it that you afflicted? 
but you got a merry heart. And he said a continual cease. So God's going to continue to pour his joy into you. God's going to continue to touch you. Yes, you are afflicted, but there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a joy beyond one wildest dream. The trip, that's how the old folks used to say, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me, and the world didn't take it away. Go with me to Proverbs 14 and 13. Proverbs 14 and 13 says, even in laughter, the heart may sorrow, and the end of mirth is grief. Even in laughter, your heart may sorrow, but you can laugh anyway. And yes, yes, your heart is sorrowful, but laugh anyway. Make the devil out of a liar. Don't you throw in the towel. Don't you quit. You don't come too far to give up now. Yes, what you're going through, it hurts. It hurt when a relationship break up and a marriage break up and a husband walk out or the wife back out or there be an affair in the relationship. It hurts. But Job looked beyond the hurt and he looked to God. You got to look beyond the hurt. Take your eyes off the situation. Take your eyes off the circumstance. Quit sitting there thinking about how bad it hurt and what the person did to you and get your focus on God. And ask God to let you laugh. Tell God to put a laughter in you. Job said, all the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait until my chain comes. Can I tell somebody your chain coming? Your chain is on the way. The God you serve is going to bring you up. He's going to bring you out. And he's going to bring you over. So I encourage you to the rich man, to the wealthy man, to the entrepreneur, to the man that got everything but a laughter. To the man that got everything but joy. To the rich. God wants you to be rich. God, they, they, we quote scriptures on the rich people making them feel bad. We're talking about they're on their way to hell or on their way to judgment because they're rich. There's no place in the scripture that said a rich man was going to hell. God, only God said to the rich man, let him remember to distribute it to the poor. Let him remember to distribute it to the needy. God don't want you to give all your riches away. That was just a statement in the Bible where the rich man gave that away. He brought, he brought that on himself. The Bible says if he's willing to be perfect, let him sell all he have and give to the poor. God don't want you to walk away out there and give all your riches to somebody to prove no point. Because the earth is God and the fruit of love. He don't want your riches. He wants your soul. He wants your heart. And to the rich man, God wants you to learn to be a blessing to the needy. Uh, not, not just the one who you know in need, but the needy. You ain't got to give all your money away to, 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 to do that, but let God touch your heart and be a blessing to the folks that are around you that you know the organization that is helping the needy, the, uh, the organization that is helping people that are in need and burned out homes and, and they lose their homes and, and they ain't got no place to stay the Red Cross and different places that is, is helping folks. You be a blessing to them. Uh, and God will be a blessing to you because you can't beat God giving no matter how hard you try and and, and, and and put a smile on your face, walking around with all, uh, sad and rich, sad and miserable, uh, 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 well, rich and beyond your wildest dream, and don't even know when the last time you smile. Got to take medication just to put a smile on your face. I want you to know that God has a smile for you, rich man. God have a smile for you, wealthy man. 
you entrepreneurial. God has a smile for you. He wants you to smile. He ain't condemning you because you're wealthy. Because the Bible says he made a rich and a poor life. Listen, rich man, God made you too. You didn't make yourself. I know you say your help, your strength, your wisdom, your knowledge. No, God gave you that wisdom. God gave you that knowledge. So now let God use you to be a blessing to others. You can go to heaven just like the poor man do. Don't let the scripture deceive you. God got a heaven for you just like he got the one, but you got to be saved. You got to be born again. You got to make Jesus Lord and Savior your life. That's the key to the, to the rich as well as it to the poor. Ain't none of us going to heaven without Jesus Christ. He's the answer to salvation. Oh, he's a porter into everlasting life. And without him, can't none of us make it in. Let's go to Proverbs again. Let's get into scripture again. Let's go to Proverbs 3 and 8. Proverbs 3 and 8. Let's go back to Proverbs and see what Proverbs 3 and 8 says. Proverbs 3 and 8. It started off at the very sixth verse. It said, all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. See, the reason we don't laugh, the reason we don't have no joy, the reason we're so frown, the reason we're so disorganized and disorganized, Ordinary is because we don't put God first. We don't acknowledge God. We go out there and make decisions. Go out there and buy something or do something that causes us to lose millions and millions of dollars. Then we want want to call on God. He said, in all your ways, acknowledge God, and and and, and lean not into your own and do not and be not wise in your own understanding. How many know that God is wiser than we are? Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be a help to your neighbor flesh. And strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with all your possessions and with the first fruit of all your income. See, when you do these things, it make you, it'll give you laughter. When you do these things, it'll make you happy. We do things that make us sad and then we want to laugh. No, no, you got to do the things that make you happy. Joy comes from the Lord. One of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. See, this is a spiritual joy. It's not, not a natural joy. Because a natural joy will be come today and be gone tomorrow. A joy like having a, a child. Now, 16 years later, that same child that gave you all that joy got you crying, got a smile on your face because he's not doing like he's supposed to. He's not being obedient. He's rebellious. So that same joy that you have, you know, it's gone now. But the joy God gives, he's there even when a child had crazy. Even when a child is rebellious. Even when a child don't do right. This joy won't go nowhere. It'll sustain you. It'll keep you. It'll be there with tears in your eye. It'll be there when you're down. It'll be there when you're up. It, it, it'll, 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 put a, 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 it'll put a positive color on your face. Why? Because this joy will tell you that no matter what you're going through, God is going to bring you out of it. God is not a lying God. You know, they say it's a bad cloud that don't seem pass over. Ain't nothing in your life. I don't care who you are. You may feel like, well, somebody got me. Witchcraft, or somebody doing this, or somebody doing that. But let, can I tell you, can't nobody curse what God bless. If you belong to God, can't nobody curse you. They can get all the witchcraft they want to. They can get all that that evil force and stuff that they call they doing to you. Hang all the horseshoes they want to over your door and put a rabbit foot on your porch. If God be for you, no one can be against you. You cannot curse what God have blessed. And I want you to be encouraged at that. So I encourage you, get your joy, get your smile back. Uh, make it make it your business when you get up in the morning. First thing you do, go in the mirror and look at yourself and put a smile on your face. Maybe that ain't something you've never done before. You're even a clown, he paints one on his face, so even when he had got a 
frown. He looked like he got a smile, so he got it painted on that. Maybe you need to paint one on your face. Put a smile on your face. Stand in front of the mirror. Put a smile on your face and say, this is the way I'm going to do all day long. There was a gentleman who decided that one day he was going to do a statistic, and he said, this is what I do. He said, I'm going to go out today, and I'm going to frown at everybody I pass. And I'm going to see just how they do. So he said, I'm going to do that in the morning. So he went out that morning, and he frowned at folks. And he said, most of everybody he frowned at, frowned back at him. Then that afternoon, he said, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to smile and be positive. And I'm going to smile at people when I pass them. And he said, and what happened was, most of the people that he smiled at that afternoon, same people, most people he smiled at, uh, uh, which were different people, but the most people he smiled up, smiled it back with him, and it looked like it gave them a positive cut in it. They put a cut in on their face. He said they smiled back at him because he smiled at them. Listen, your cutting it, your, your, your smile, the way you act, it, it, it's going gonna, gonna to affect other people. And he said he affected those people that morning by frowning, and he affected those people that evening by smiling. So it lets us know that the way you the way you act when you walk out your door, somebody's watching. You say you've been born again. You say you're a Christian. You say you're representing God. Then smile. Act like God been good to you. Let the world know that God's been good to you. Put a smile on your face. You represent God. You're in his ambassador. And he done gave you joy and the Holy Ghost. Joy the unspeakable. Joy that would help somebody who about to take their life. Would you, if someone was about to take their life and saw you, would they take their life? Or would they want to live? Because of the cutting on your face. Amen? Let's go to Proverbs. We're going to go again. We're going to go all the way to Ecclesiastes. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. See what the writer says. In Ecclesiastes. Three and four. Amen. Thank God for the word. Ecclesiastes. Three and four. The writer said it's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Time. God does not mean for your life to be one-sided where you're frowning all the time. you got to learn how to deal with your season. Life's going to bring season. Everybody that lives down on this earth going to have sorrowful days, crying day, laughing day, mourning day. But if you miss your season, you'll be mourning all the time. You'll be mourning in the spring, mourning in the winter, summer and fall. You got to, you got to not miss your season. And the Bible says he that laughed at a time to laugh. And what, what happened is when that time to laugh, if you laugh when it's time to laugh, it will give you so much strength. It will give you so much energy that when the, when the time to frown, You'll be laughed so much that when the frown comes, before you really give in to the frown, you'll be came out of the weather. You'll be come out of the storm. You'll be come out victorious on the other side. You won't have time to frown because you're so full of laughter. You're so full of joy. People get mad at people who laugh, and they see you there laughing. They think you're falling. They think you're sinning because you're sitting there in a crowd, you're laughing. They, 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 it's like they like it when you're going through. They like it when, when, when you're complaining. They, they like it when you, when, you, when, you, when you act like things ain't working in your favor. But you don't have to let people know where you are. You don't have to let the people know that you're broken, walking around all sad. And the Bible says when you're fast, don't be walking around like you're hungry. 
that walk around like you done ate a big old burger. Act like you just been to a fast food restaurant and ate all you want to eat. The Bible says when you fast, anoint yourself with oil and, 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 and put a cut in it on your positive, cut it on your face. And don't do like the heathen do, out in the street walking around like they so hungry, like I'm going to starve to death before 12 o'clock. No, you won't have to show nobody that you're hungry. You just keep that yourself when you fast and anoint yourself with oil and limit your fast. Don't fast so much until you are miserable, until you are so hungry that you can't even walk. You limit yourself. And when you fast, you, you're doing it for God. You're doing it. The Bible says you're not this to fast. And when you're fast, if you ain't got no laughter in you, ask God to give you some laugh. If you can't pray and it don't come out of prayer, then fast. Put, go on a fast and say, Lord, you know, I ain't laughed in a long time. I've been so hurt. I've been so wounded. And I need you to give me my laugh back. If you turn your plate down and fast, God, you will wake up in the morning, and I tell you, you'll be amazed what God can do. Now, you can't keep hanging around negative things. You can't talk negative and expect to laugh. You've got to talk positive. The Bible says, let him that the weak say he's strong. God's speaking positive things. Whenever the woman, whenever Elijah asked the woman, the widow woman who had lost her son, Elijah asked the woman, said, is it well? Her son lay back at the home dead. And Elijah asked the woman, was her son well? And she said, he's well. You've got to be able to say well when the situation dead. You got to be say I don't care. You got to learn to say it well when he done walked out the door and left you. You got to say it well when you just left your job and they fired you and told you they didn't need you no more. You got to walk out that hospital room when the doctor said you were sick and, and, and he can't do no more and know that it is well. Cause God before you, ah, oh, my shay, if God before you, it is well. The songwriter picture said it is well with my soul. Said when grief like a river, uh, troubles my soul. You got to know that when grief comes like a river, like a bill of road, you got to know that God still got it. It's going to still be all right. If God be for you, if God be on your side, you're going to come out a winner. You're going to come out on the gaining side. Amen. Job 8 and 21. Let's go to Job 8 and 21. Let's see what Job 8 and 21 says. Thank God for the word. Job 8 and 21. Stay with me just a moment here. We don't want to miss this. Job 8 and 21 says, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lip with rejoicing. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter. Here go a man afflicted. Here go a man with sores all over his body. Here go a man who done lost all his children. He lost his sons and his daughter, lost all his cameras, lost all his asses, lost all his goats, lost all his sheep and cattle. And then the wife walked in and tell him, why don't you curse God and joy? That's enough to frown about. That's enough to lose your joy. But Job said he will fill your mouth with laughter. That's what Job said. He will fill your mouth with laughter. How many know he'll do that? He'll make you laugh even when you should be sad. Job said, I'm going to wait on him. All the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait on him. So this same God that took this away from me, he's going to give it back. Naked came out from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return to The Lord give it, and the Lord take it away. Somebody's going through now. Somebody's sad now. Somebody got the curtain pulled. 
sitting in that dark room with your curtain pulled, like you ain't got no hope, won't go to the store, won't get up, won't go visit nobody, won't go visit no family member because you were hurt. Can I tell you something? You ain't the only one been hurt. Everybody in this world been hurt. You ain't been hurt of Job. Ain't nobody in the world that hurt of Job. Job lost all his children. Job lost everything he had, but Job didn't give up. Job said, I'm going to wait till my chain come. See, there's an appointed time of God to deliver you. There's an appointed time of God to bring you out, and you got to wait on that appointed time. So put that gun, put that gun back in that case. Put that gun back in that cabinet. Put that gun back in that closet. Put whatever that medicine, put that lid back on that medicine. You, you, God put you here for a reason. And if you take your life, you're going to hurt somebody. Somebody loves you. Somebody needs you. Somebody believes in you. And when you go and do these things, you hurt us. You hurt us that is left behind. You hurt the children that are left behind. Yes, I know you just lost somebody. But think about the other three girls that are left. Think about the other three boys that are left. Think about your husband that is left. I know you hurt because you lost that one person, but you got other family members to live for. And God wants you to live. He wants you to shake it off. He wants you to get your joy back, get your cousin, get your laugh back, get your hope back. And laughter will help you get your hope. James 5 and 13. Go with me to James. We're about to end it. Go with me to James 5. See what James talking about. The book of James. Five and thirteen. We're almost there. All right. James five and thirteen says. Want me to read it? Yes, 5 and 13. I got it. Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. If any among you cheerful, let him sing. James is talking now. If any among you, see, we are straight one to the other. And we can't sit around and judge people because they are happy. Sometimes a song you sing can make all the difference to somebody else. Call somebody up who you know is going through. Call somebody else that you know they've been bedridden. Call somebody else that you know that 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 is sick, that has been there for a long time, that is going through. You know nobody really visited them. Call them up and sing them a song. Be cheerful. Maybe your maybe your cheerfulness will lift them up. I remember hearing a story of. Carson Pearson had a young man that that was on his music team, and he sung, and he, he played the saxophone. And there was this woman that had been in a coma for five years, and he had the young man to pray over the, over the radio so she could hear it, and, and the daughter put the radio up to her mama's ear because mama loved music. Her mother was a, a Christian woman that, He'll grow with God, but she hadn't spoke to nobody in five years because she was in a coma laying there. And the man began to play with the, with, 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 with the saxophone, and he began to play, I come to the garden alone, 
And as he played, I come to the garden alone. Five years, this woman began to sing behind him while he played on the radio. Hadn't said a word in five years, but because of that cheerful word, because of that cheerful plan, because of what he did, it, it brought her out of that coma. God wants you to bring somebody out of their coma. Be a strength to one another. God gave you your gift to be a strength one to another. The Bible says he said gifts unto men for the edifying of the spirit, for the building up of the body of Christ, for the turning out of stronghold. Praise God. So our gifts are, are to be strict one to another. Let us go to the last verse. We're going to go to Psalm 32 and 11. Psalm 32 and 11. Psalm 32 and 11. We're going to close out with this in Psalm 32 and 11. And the writer says this in Psalm 32 and 11. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. How many know it's a blessing to be a Christian? Quit letting people make you frown and walk around your family member and different one like you some uh, 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 person who don't have no joy, like you ain't important, like you are concerning them because you say that they ain't. I want you to know salvation is the greatest thing ever could happen to a person. And here you is sad when God wants you to be happy. God says shout for joy. Let your unsaved family member know you're happy in the Lord. Let them know you're glad you saved. You're glad you've been born again. Laugh. Laugh when you go to the family reunion. You don't sit there looking all sad because they're over there in the corner got you by yourself. You go there where they are. Put your Bible down. Take off your little anointed robe you got on when you go to that family. You quit trying to be so religious. And go over there where they at and get you and get in some of that tater, tater salad and get in some of that pie and, and, and eat some of them corn and pig feet and chitlins and quit acting like you Moses sitting on on a on a burning bush and go on over there and make you'll see what's wrong when you get so religious that God can't use us. You go next time you go to the family reunion, don't go bend up religious. They were there trying to eat potato salad and cut the pie, and you were there trying to quote the Ten Commandments. You take the Ten Commandments home, leave your robe and your Bible home. You go and put on some ordinary clothes just like they got on and, 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 and mingle with them. Let them know. Give them a reason to want to be saved. Uh, show them that they're more to salvation than quoting scripture. Let them know that God changed you with the joy, with a laugh on your face. Rejoice. No, don't rejoice to make them feel bad because they lost. You rejoice because God has saved you. And when they see you rejoicing, when they see the change in you, when they see that you ain't judgmental, when they see that you ain't trying to condemn them, when they see you ain't trying to downlook on them, then they'll receive that God that you got. Get on over there and cut that piece of pie and eat, eat, eat with them. Get on there and mingle with that family. Get on there and sit with them and quit sitting there by yourself. Every time you go to the family, you sit there by yourself like you're waiting, waiting for Moses to come over there and sit with you. You need to go there and sit with them and make yourself known. God is a joyful God. God is a happy God. Oh, God God is a, is a lasting God, and he wants you to laugh. He wants you to laugh with others because when you laugh with others, God will laugh with you. And again, I say to all your leaders, laugh so your congregation can laugh. Laugh so the choir can laugh. Laugh so the deacons can laugh. Laugh so the trustees, trustees can laugh. Huh? Laugh so the ushers at your door can laugh. Don't let nobody with 
walking around fearful of you. God ain't make you a leader to be a fearful leader, a dictator. You ain't Hitler. You, 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 you ain't no dictator. You are their leader. You're supposed to be humble in their presence. You're supposed to laugh. When they see the pastor laugh, they'll laugh. You don't even know what you're laughing about, but they'll laugh because you laugh. So I encourage each and every one on the sound of my voice, learn how to laugh. Laugh with your way through your problems. Laugh your, laugh your way through your struggles. Laugh your way through your sicknesses. Laugh your, laugh your way through these setbacks. And while you laugh, I guarantee God going to bring you out. I'm a witness. I've been serving God over 40-some years, and I want you to know that he'll bring you out. I said the other day that he brought me from prison. He brought me from almost 100 years in prison. I got a laugh when I was in. When God saved me, he put a laugh in me. And I've been laughing ever since. And the more I laughed, the more God brought me. God took and turned a 100-year sentence into about 18 months. I was supposed to stay in there for a lifetime. I was supposed to still be in there right now because that happened in 1977. I had 10 felonies, and each one of them, each one of them carried 10 years. And they're supposed to have been, they're supposed to be concurrent, not consecutive. They're supposed to be concurrent. I both did one 10 and then do another 10 and another 10 for 365 days a year. But God didn't let that happen. God made them, made them run it uh, consecutive. He made them run it one or better all together while they were running. In other words, I might have had that little back with it. But anyway, God had them run it all together. And when it was all over with, I ended up doing like 18 months out of some come 90 to 100 years. I want you to know it don't matter how low you go. You can laugh again. I don't care how much hope you lost. I don't care how low you went to the bottom. You can come out of it. You can come and you can live again. I declare life, speak life right now. As we close out this season, I speak life to every dead situation, everyone on the side of my voice where the devil done told you it's over with. I'm telling you he's lying to you. I speak life to your situation that you will live again, that you will live and declare God glory, and you will know for sure that God is on your side. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Apostle, will you pray for people? Because sometimes, you know, it's like they just have the stronghold. They just won't release and let go and let God. Can you pray for them for their deliverance? Yes, God. We are in this thing together, God. We are our brother keeper. We are strength one to the other. And I pray, God, for my brethren, for wherever they may be, for whatever nation they be, for whatever country they may be in, for whatever color or nationality they may be. They are my brethren if they've been born again. And I pray, God, that you will break every stronghold, every stronghold. You showed me in the dream when you put me in the dream, and I was on top of the mountain, God, and all these people were trying to climb up the mountain. It was thunder and lightning them, God, and they couldn't make it up the mountain. I asked you, why do you let me make it? And, 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 and they not make it. You said you brought me up there, that you might use me to bring them up the mountain. So, God, this is what I'm trying to do now. I'm trying to bring the people up the mountain that is trying to come up the mountain. They love you, Lord, but they got habits. They love you, but they got strongholds. They love you, God, but they got weights and sin. They love you, God, but grips got hold of them and don't want to let them go. But, God, I bind in the name of Jesus. You give me power to bind and lose. I take authority over every stronghold. I, I, I take authority, God, over every weight and every sin that grips them, oh, God. I take authority over every habit, God, and I cast Cast it into a blend. You said, what if I bound on earth? You were bound in heaven. I bind up every stronghold. I bind up every yoke and every habit. I bind up every burden, God. I bind up every hold Satan have on them, God. 
and I cast into the abyss. Cross dry ground, I command it to go and not come back. And now, God, I loose your anointing. I loose your deliverance. I lose your freedom on them, God. Whoever the sun set free, they free indeed. I lose your free anointing on them, God. In the area where they were bound, in the area where they were burdened, in the area where they were broken, God. I ask you to come in now and loose them and set them free, God. In the name of every demonic force. Every demonic force, God, every demon, every devil, every witch, every warlock, every suits, every death sword, every force of darkness that got them bound, I bind it up right now and command that it be loose and set free. And the glory be yours. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, somebody frowning at a smile. Somebody sad, give them joy, God. Somebody broken down, mend them back together again. Pick up every bow down here, God. Great never fever knee. Do this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Truly, that is beautiful. I was over here just enjoying myself, just laughing at the truth. And I want to encourage all of you, please tune in. You can call 319-527-6036. Again, that's 319-527-6036. Every Thursday night from 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. Again, it's the burning bush with Apostle Alexander Lockamy from 7 o'clock p.m. to 8 o'clock p.m. on Thursday. So call 319-527-6036. Apostle, not to burn you out, but before we leave out, I just want to ask you a question again. You know, some people um, complain Rather than say what you said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we always listen to Reverend Paul Jones. Why is it so important that with the laughter that they won't complain? Can you tell us why you love that song so and why is it important before we go out? Yes, because see, that's what happened in heaven with Satan. He complained about the position that he was in, and he said, I'm going to exalt myself above God and take over the throne. That's what happened to the children of Israel. They complained at the Red Sea. They complained when God blessed them, complained about they didn't have no food to eat. God don't like complaining. Complaining is a sin. Complaining is, a, is doubt in disguise. And when you complain, you're saying that you, you, you're doubting God. You're saying that God doing it the wrong way, God making a mistake, and God don't make mistakes. So, so, so complaining sends out a negative vibe rather than a positive vibe, and God is not pleased with it. God bless you. You heard it again from Apostle Lockamy. We cannot complain, and we should have joy, unspeakable joy. Let us close out now. Apostle, is there anything you would like to add before we close out? No. God bless you all for listening to The Burning Bush. God bless you. And remember, if God can do it, it cannot be done. Amen.
You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 